Out with the old. No regrets. In with the new. I'm meant to stay for the National Party. After a disastrous poll. It's lowest number since 2003. Welcome to One News Inside Parliament. It's our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering as we head towards the September election. I'm Jessica Much Mackay. I'm Mikey Sherman. And I'm Benedict Collins. Well, it has been quite an epic week this week since we talked to you last time. We've had a poll, a leadership coup and just a few other bits and pieces on the side. So it's um, been a, a reasonably large, significant political week. So I think that's uh, my high this week as weeks don't come too much bigger than this this week. Yeah, what it was, are you guys it was a really big week. Um, lots to talk about. Um, really interesting, and um, and uh, sets us up for an exciting election, I think, um, going forward. Yeah, quite incredible turn of events last week, wasn't it? With um, the two polls coming out, um, national just plummeting in both of them, as was expected. Um, but yeah, they um, they didn't muck around. Their MPs once they um, saw those saw those polls coming out, um, they chopped Simon Bridges' head off pretty quickly. Yeah, we had on Tuesday Simon Bridges coming out and saying a leadership coup was going on. He himself saying, calling out the MPs, saying put up or shut up, and they put up in this example. <laughs> they, they did rather successfully. Yeah. yeah. What about Lowe's this week? Um, I, I think in terms of, of pits, I, I think when you have all of these big things in terms of of leadership coups and things like that, I think the thing that's a little bit hard and a little bit unpleasant about all of this is that of course you have quite a few job losses of staffers and, and things like that go when, when leaders change. And I think that's a, a, a little bit of a difficult thing around here and something that Perhaps us in the media have to be a little bit sensitive um, with we're covering it as a, as a big story and things are moving and changing, but a lot of staff um, behind the scenes are changing too when a new leader comes in, and that's never easy for anyone on a and personal level. And a terrible time for anyone losing their job, right? With when you're thinking you know, more than 40,000 Kiwis have lost their jobs in the last two months, you know, it's just more, um, more pain. Yeah, so I think just on that political insider point of view, not a particularly mm. pleasant aspect of a, of a leadership change. Mm. What about you? What's your pit? Um, my pit this week um, uh, is um, a little bit um, of a different topic, um, and that is the uh, level two rules around gatherings, and in particular around church services. We've seen um, a lot of confusion around the number of people who are able to attend church services. Um, you know, the the number currently is a maximum of ten um, under the gathering rules. But then on Friday we had um, the police come out and. Say, look, um, we're happy if if there's um, room for it in your venue, in your church venue or place of worship. You can have multiple groups of ten if you want, and so that pretty much allowed for mass church gatherings to, to go ahead. But then later that same day, you had Grant Robertson come out saying, no, no, the position of the government is to keep it at a cap of 10. So huge confusion there um, for a lot of those um, religious communities and um, probably um, you know, just showed that the police and the government were out of sync with each other, um, which is, is not that great when we are dealing with such, um, you know, uh, Confusion and, and, and different rules around this time. They really needed to be on the same page on that one. People are now waiting for today. The government expected to announce new um, levels around those mass gatherings. So it will be interesting to see what happens there and if they can get back on the same page. 
Yeah. So last week was really quite quite interesting. I spent a lot of it either trying to get um, sound bites from members of the public, chasing the public around, trying to see what they made about the leadership coup. And a real highlight last week was um, along the waterfront we made, I used my arts and crafts skills, and I uh, got pictures of Simon Bridges and Paula Bennett, and on the flip side, um, Todd Muller and Nikki Kay, and we asked the public if they knew who they were. But a lot of people knew Simon and Paula, very, very few. I think maybe only one could name all four. Um, and a couple of people kind of had heard the news or whatever and could name Todd. So that, that was a whole heap of fun doing that. But on the flip side, we also ended up chasing quite a few national MPs um, who had been called into um, back, back to Wellington for the leadership vote. And I was at the airport um, sort of chasing them as they got off the, um, off the plane trying to get some comments. And I'm not going to name names, but a camera operator left a bag in the airport on the ground. And as we came back around the corner, there were three rather nervous-looking airport security guards standing with that bag. And I took one for the team there and, and grabbed the bag and said it was a colleague's. And uh, as airport security were uh, yelling at me not to leave my bag there. So that was the uh, the pit. That, that's kind mm. of you, and I think it shows a really good team player. Mm, mm. Yes. Took one for the team there. Yeah. Did you want to... I don't think I actually let you get your peek in there either. Did you want to add that into the mix? Um, yes, yeah, very quickly. Just another peek um, off topic again. Um, the Green Party list. Um, they put out their list um, and really good to see um, a strong uh, Māori presence on their on their list. Um, Marama Davidson, of course, in that number one spot. Um, and then it goes through the current MPs, you know, James Shaw, Chloe Sawbrick, Julian Genta, Jan Logie, Eugenie Sage, Gauris Gardaman... And then number eight is Teano Tuiono. Number nine, Dr. Elizabeth Kerekere. And then number ten, Ricardo um, Menendez March, um, who you know we often have on the news as well, um, who's a huge advocate for um, those um, struggling families and and so on. So yeah, really interesting to see um, you know Teano and Dr. Elizabeth Kerekere. Uh, high up on that Green Party list. So I guess we're going to go from one list to another list and flicking that over this afternoon. We are set to hear from the National Party and what they are going to name Todd Muller. Of course, the new leader is going to name who gets which portfolios uh, to go up against the ministers when they debate in the debating chamber. And obviously, Parliament is a hugely hierarchical system, so the higher up you are, the more, the better spot you get in terms of a portfolio, the more airtime you get, the more exposure you get, the um, more contact you get with the public in that way. So I think all of us will be eagerly watching just to see who his main players are. But let's pause for a moment because I think all week basically from about Tuesday morning to or Wednesday morning to this morning, everything was a bit go and everything was a little bit chaotic. We had a situation where we had the News Hub poll on the Monday night, we had our poll on the Thursday night and the emergency caucus on the Friday at lunchtime. And I think uh, the number of national MPs we talked to off the record uh, over that time was pretty immense. I think if we still got phone bills in the way that we used to, I think it would be um, reasonably hefty to go through that uh, this time. I just think it was a whole lot and every time I think it was on the Wednesday that I was doing the story. Every time my my phone rang, something changed in the story. So from about four o'clock to six o'clock, um, I had to keep ringing up my producer in Auckland and saying, ah, I've just had another call and something else has changed. And I think I ended up doing five versions of my voice. Um, we record our voice for the story that gets edited for the news. And there were a lot of changes uh, on, on that day. So it just shows the fast moving story. And I think 
we get bits of the leadership picture and it's sort of trying to paint those together to get an overall picture of what's happening. So it was just, it was a pretty massive few days. Yeah, I think from my conversations, um, the National Party, their, their MPs have been getting increasingly annoyed, I think, during lockdown. From even February, some people are saying they hadn't seen any of National's own internal polling. Um, they had no idea how they were doing. And so when they when we had that first poll come out last week, it was sort of like, now we know why the, our internal polling hasn't been shared. And then, I mean, ours wasn't too dissimilar. Um, on the Thursday night, our poll, um, you know, if, if any MPs had been sitting on the fence there, I think they would have well and truly um, jumped over into the um, Todd Muller camp at that point after those two disastrous polls. Mm. And during those phone conversations, um, you know, a, as you do, just to get a feel for where the mood of, of, of the party is and the, the MPs, and you ring up um, various MPs, you know, um, uh, with, with um, you know, uh, out naming them and, and, and all of that, but you just get just getting a sense of where they're at. A lot of the conversations, um, now that I look back on them, I realise that Camp Bridges and those who were in support of Simon Bridges were very happy to state that um, uh, to you over the phone um, and they were quite annoyed um, at, at the fact that this leadership contest was actually happening. Um, so that was interesting. And then you had those who didn't want to give away their position at all um, and and so you couldn't really tell whether or not they were genuinely just you know, um, wanting to keep it for the caucus room or whether they were in fact um, Camp Muller um, or if they were still deciding. So those who were um, and supportive bridges were happy to say so. Those who weren't um, very keen to keep it quiet, obviously there was a lot at stake, and, and none, none of them knew which way it was going. They even, you know, even down to the last minute, were saying, um, "We've got the numbers, we've got the numbers." And I think actually, you know, because it is a secret ballot, we'll never really know. Um, how those numbers shake down. There are reports that perhaps there was one vote in it, in fact, um, but really interesting. Obviously, on the day, Maggie Barry um, <laughs> yeah, was, was the only that. MP to like, come out and say, look, I'm voting for Todd Muller. Yeah, look, at the airport, just dozens of them are like, it's a matter for caucus, it's a caucus matter, it's a matter for caucus. Mm. I'm not telling you which way I'm voting. Maggie Barry gets off the plane. I'm voting for Todd Muller. He's the best man for the job. It's like, oh, thank God, Maggie. <laughs> yeah, I, I quite liked Audrey Young's comment where she said you actually need a lie detector test rather than a calculator to work out where they're going because mm. I think you just and, and you're right MPs that come up and say this I'm shooting you know straight bat here this is who I'm voting for and if it had been Simon Bridges it might have been a little bit more of an awkward conversation for her to have but I, I think it was also really interesting to see how Todd Muller tried to distance himself and move away from that, he came out uh, in that press conference about an hour and a half after the vote, and he came and, and fronted up and asked answered questions for about forty five minutes. He had his had his wife there, um, and seven MPs, six of which were on the stage, and, and Nicola Willis was just sitting down to the side. And he, I think, for a lot of the public, that's the first time that they really had a glimpse of him, and. To be honest, I think for a lot of us, didn't really know him that well, um, and a lot of people didn't really know how to how to pronounce his name properly, which is perhaps an indication of of where we're at. He'd had a little bit of media exposure with some things that he'd done before, but not a huge amount. Um, Nikki Kay, for example, I think is a lot 
better known than he is. And I think people got to see him for the first time in that press conference. And I think he came across as as pretty, uh, you know, reasonably relaxed given the circumstance. And I definitely got the sense that he was quite enjoying himself. Like, this is my moment, here I am. I also got the sense that when we asked him a few questions, particularly things that had really um, dogged Simon Bridges throughout um, the last couple of months, he had his version of how he was going to answer them. And it was quite different to how Simon Bridges did. And you did get the sense that he was sitting watching some of those play out being like well I think I would do it this way and answer that and and he got his chance to do that on Friday so I, I definitely got that feeling sitting there sitting there watching it's one of those situations where you'd quite like to be an observer just to be able to sit back and watch but actually in those situations you have to really fight to get your questions in so sometimes it might be one of those things that it's worth going back and watching again mm. and just and seeing how he handled some of those questions well look who was watching James Shaw watching from the sidelines very interesting there he's obviously worked with Todd Muller a bit um, around um, climate change and and, and so on so you know what is the mood with um, James Shaw uh, the co-leaders in the Green Party around perhaps um, you know this new version of National under Todd Muller is that something that they could potentially work with Um, and what does Winston Peters think he Todd Muller obviously didn't seem to rule um, New Zealand first out in the way that Simon Bridges had earlier this year that'll be interesting and of course because the polls showed the Greens in New Zealand first out on those numbers so they need to really be starting to think about their future and and perhaps you know what that might look like for them and, and whether or not they want to um, at least indicate that they're open to working with others apart from, from Labour. I don't know, we we'll probably need to put some more thought into that, but interesting to start thinking about those combinations now as well. Yeah, total game changer. Yeah, and I think um, Lucinda Todd talking, you know, they're going to have a bit of a rethink about, about their policies, about where they stand on certain issues, whether that might make them more more attractive. You know, James Shaw had always said he could never work with National as long as Simon Bridges was there because he didn't think he had enough integrity. Whether, you know, this leadership change could, could open things up there will be interesting to see. Interesting to see see what new, you know, where National sits on sort of on policies compared to where it's sitting now. That's all going to come out in the wash over the next few days. But I think it's... They don't have a lot of time, right? Um, I think it was 117 days. Until an election. Yeah. And they're coming up against, you know, a party polling on 59% in our latest poll. And, you know, they're on 29. Are they going to be able to start lifting National up? And uh, But I also wonder whether this was, you know, a one-off week of really bad polls. Before that, our polls repeatedly have been showing National and ACT forming the next government. We go into this into this lockdown where they're, they're locked out of coverage virtually, both um, both of them. You've just got the Jacinda Ardern and Ashley Bloomfield show for weeks on end. It's the only thing happening in New Zealand. Mm. <coughs> you know, whether someone's just the victim of a, you know, circumstances he couldn't control there um, and whether National will jump up regardless Relentless, I'm not sure, in the next poll. And perhaps if there hadn't already been talk of leadership and <coughs> murmurings in the past, perhaps mm. that argument would have flown, and I'm sure that that exact argument was being put to caucus members before that as well, that, look, we've been sitting on 40 for a long time. I, I wonder if this was used as a bit of a catalyst to say, right, we're, we've, we're done, it's time for a change, um, let, let's go. So it's, it's interesting to see, and I guess um, unless people start writing books we're not going to know, but shall we dig into those poll numbers a mm. bit more? Because, of course, our favourite 
weeks, our poll weeks, and we had some pretty extraordinary numbers in our latest col- One News Comma Brunton poll. I'll just give people a quick little refresh. Uh, Labour was 59, National uh, 29, which is the number I think we're all very familiar with. Um, the Greens 4.7%, which means of course they're out. New Zealand First on three, uh, Act on two, Māori Party and Opportunities Party on one. The other thing I just wanted to point out was the preferred Prime Minister numbers and um, the the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern after the response to COVID got the highest number in our poll's 25 year history. Uh, She got 63 uh, percentage points wanting her to be Prime Minister, which is an extraordinary number. Um, I do wonder if um, John Key had to pour himself an extra large glass of wine because he had held on to that 57 record for a long time and I think felt um, quite proud of himself for that. She's now come in and, um, and, and beat him at that. Another thing, Helen Clark was on 54 in 2003. So it just shows the big numbers that we're talking about here after the COVID response. And those approval ratings as well, do you have those? Yes, they do. Um, they were fascinating. Yeah. So just to go through these, so approval, basically you ask, do you approve or disapprove of the job that the person is doing? And uh, the Prime Minister got 86% approval, which is um, about 20 up from last time. Um, when you compare that to Simon Bridges, um, he got... when we asked the same question in October saying they approve compared to only 22% this time. So what you do to work out the number internationally, a lot of other pollsters do it overseas, is you take the approval rating uh, minus the disapproval rating and then you get the figure. And that's why some MPs end up having those minus figures like we've seen. So Adun ended up on 77? She ended up on 77 and And I've... Bridges ended up on minus... Was it minus 40, minus 40? I think it was from memory. A bit yeah. around that, yeah. anyway. So, the, and and that's I think that's also another thing that contributes to those poll numbers because it's not just who do you want to be prime minister. It's are you going doing a good job mm. in the job that you're doing? And I think it does give a bit more of a um, another perspective for Simon Bridges because people might not want him to be prime minister, but think he's doing but a, is good he doing job a good job yeah. as opposition yeah. leader. So, that's why those numbers are. Uh, so interesting and, and so fascinating. Did anything stick out for you guys that we haven't gone through? Well, I mean, I've, we have done a lot on on national and their, and their falling fortunes. But yeah, I've, and having Mikey read out the the Green Party top ten list before, you know, these guys need to start doing stuff. Winston Peters and New Zealand First and the Greens, they need to try to be carving out their own niche here. Uh, you know, and um, piping up a bit more than they are at the moment. Um, I think heading up when you've got Labour just so immensely popular at the moment, you know, I think it puts them both in, you know, real danger. Because that national vote not going to New Zealand first, not being picked up by anyone else, really interesting. Yeah, it's Labour cannibalising it. Yeah. Right. And Winston Peters can argue all he wants that he doesn't watch the polls, but you mean, God, behind closed doors, they will be very, very nervous, especially when the polls are showing this consistently for New Zealand First. And, you know, we are. We're only a short way away from the election. Um, and just with Todd Muller coming in, and the, if, I were, if I were Jacinda Ardern, I would have much preferred to have Simon Bridges hold on to that um, leadership position because actually Todd Muller, even though he is relatively relatively um, unknown and, and, and new um, to many people across the country, 
there's no doubt that there is potential there. You can see it, and there's a potential to be a sort of. I think I've um, seen the words kind of conservative, um, uh, and and his style of politics. And we saw that in in, in his um, opening address. You know, everyone's tired of opposition politics for opposition's sake. And I think if he keeps driving those types of messages, um, I think um, a p- political analyst said it in one of our tracks the other day. He, she's right. Um, he could steal some of those um, middle voters that are likely to leave National and go to Labour, steal them back um, and, and leave under under Simon Bridges' watch, you know, because he was going really hard right for a minute there. And while we're on this topic of Todd Muller and Simon Bridges, let's, let's have a little throwback because um, there's some quite fun pieces in our archives sometimes. And here's the track from when Simon Bridges took over from Bill English and when he first became the leader in... 2018. This track's from February. Take a look. Stepping up to the toughest job in politics, National's new leader, Simon Bridges. This morning I was humbled by the support of my colleagues to become the 12th leader of the New Zealand National Party. But it wasn't a clear run to victory. In a secret meeting, National MPs had to vote twice before Mr Bridges was confirmed. A contest to be his deputy followed, with a defeated leadership contender, Judith Collins, making a late bid. And obviously Paula Bennett was elected as the leader. Both Stephen and I really enjoyed ourselves, and uh, we think that the process was excellent. Unity was the message of the day. I'm enormously proud that he's our leader. I think he'll be a fantastic leader of the National Party, and I'm behind him all the way. But now, with Mr Bridges planning a reshuffle, who should be worried about holding on to their jobs. He gave no guarantee that leadership rival Stephen Joyce will keep the shadow finance portfolio. I can't say at the moment who's going to be the finance uh, spokesman. I look forward to, uh, as I'm sure every colleague does, discussing with a new leader. Mr Bridges says he'll take National to victory in the 2020 election, but Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern's not worried. He does bring a new generation of leadership to the National Party. There's, there's no denying that. Uh, but look, I'll treat him the same as I would any new leader of the National Party. So really interesting watching that track from just two years ago and to see uh, what's changed and perhaps what hasn't changed with some of those characters as well. So um, a track from Andrea Vance there um, showing what happened just a, a short two years ago. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see how Tom Muller handles this job. I mean, tomorrow he's going to go up against the Prime Minister for the first time in, in question time. We're going to see, you know, if he can if he can land any blows or, or how he copes in that, you know, sort of intense... Um, environment there because we haven't seen it before. It's going to be fascinating to watch how the next few weeks play out and, and, and whether they can, you know, really, you know, start holding the government to account powerfully or just how he operates. It's such a unique situation, isn't it? Because mm. you, it's it's eyeballing across the debating chamber and it's a pretty intimidating. And is he quick place. on his feet? You know, yeah. is he? Yeah, is Winston going to upset him? He seemed Who knows? pretty quick on in, in that speech, didn't he, with the yeah. old six o'clock uh, little, you know, I hope I'm on the news tonight <laughs> yeah, in terms yeah. of um, people not really knowing him well. I'm yeah, it'll be interesting be actually, and maybe we'll send Benedict out again to do that later on the week. Um, send them out with your with your arts and crafts project yes, yes. and see if people do know his name and Nikki Kay's name because it's amazing um, what a difference uh, three days of, of um, first break news coverage makes for a politician and being on the front page of a newspaper. So mm. maybe maybe we'll um, get Benedict to go out and do that for us just mm. just for fun. Get gets him out of the office as well, which is nice. But we'll we'll leave it there. Um, that. 
This was our One News Inside Parliament. It's our weekly catch-up about the political stories that we have been covering on One News as we head towards the general election We're on Instagram, on Twitter and on Facebook. It's available around this time every week on One News Online. And check us out on your favourite podcasting app. We'll see you guys later in the week. Thank you.